welcome to the Infinity Bros Podcast, the only podcast that's perfectly balanced as all things should be. My name is Isaac Edlin, I am your host tonight, and we have a, a special four bro episode coming at you tonight. Uh, we don't often get four bros on anymore, but uh, man, it is always a good time when we do. Uh, for those of you guys who have not listened to the Infinity Bros podcast before, uh, we have a rotating cast of six bros, and it's always a good time regarding on who comes on the Infinity Bros podcast. So without further ado, I would like to introduce my very first uh, Infinity Bro that is on with me tonight, and that is Jarrett Curtis. How are you doing tonight, Jarrett? I'm fantastic. I'm extra caffeinated. I'm ready to rock and roll. Uh, I'm emotionally scarred. I cried like way more times this week than I probably should have. We're, so uh, we're gonna get into that in a little bit. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. charged, man. I'm ready to go. <laughs> so just o- overload of emotions is is happening. There's a sort there. of high you have after like on. a really really good cry. The next day you're like, man, I feel <laughs> I feel really good. Maybe I needed that. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. And speaking of crying. I see this man and I immediately start shedding tears because he is a beautiful hunk of man. It is Robbie Sauter. Oh, I thought you were going to mention the other person that's on with us. I sometimes get tears with the other one too, but your yeah. your your sculpted manliness is is it's hard for my eyes to turn away when I see you on my screen. So Well, I appreciate that. I don't know <laughs> how accurate it is, but I'm happy to be here. I didn't cry um, but I was a little traumatized by this this episode. I think online. everybody was, dude. Yeah, this I mean, episode you, of Moon Knight is just yeah. They did a very good job of making you of making you feel what Mark felt. So yeah, they they did a good job. We are mentioning him last. I know a couple weeks ago, I actually introduced him first, and that was like probably the first time we ever introduced him first. But we're going back to the old routine. It is the Infinity Guest, Zane Ellis. How are you doing, Zane? I'm doing great. Everything is back in proper balance. I'm getting introduced last. Yep. Perfectly balanced as all things should be. You know, that's that's what we're known for here. It's, on the it's all all to be expected. And we are so glad that you have made us a part of your podcast experience. You can check out the Infinity Bros on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Twitch, YouTube, TikTok, all the things that we are currently doing right now. Um, and yeah, we've, we've been doing a lot of different, uh, content creation over on, on the talk, uh, Jarrett, I want to say this, this TikTok that you just recently created, we're going to talk a little bit about it later when we review episode five of, uh, Moon Knight here, but I want to say like, well done on that TikTok. Uh, it's talking about, you know, kind of relating childhood trauma to, um, episode five of Moon Knight, which I mean is a is a very large theme in that episode, and I I'm not gonna lie, I got like some a little I got some goosebumps when I was watching that TikTok. So yeah, definitely excited to talk to you about it uh, in a bit here. So today we have the pleasure of reviewing Moon Knight episode five, which we're gonna save for later in the episode. Uh, but first of all, we're gonna talk about some uh, less emotionally scarring things, uh, in Sonic the Hedgehog 2. So yeah, I mean, we've, we've, uh, all, well, most of us have seen this one and are 
really, really excited about this movie. So we're going to do a review of that before we dive into the heaviness of Moon Knight Episode 5. So, guys, uh, without further ado, I'd say let's just go ahead and jump right in, unless you guys got uh, something to go over quick before we do We that. rate things on a scale from 0 to 6. If you aren't familiar with our rating system, we will be rating Sonic the Hedgehog. So we'll go ahead and plug that right here. Here on the Infinity Bros Podcast, everything is ranked from a 0 to 6 point scale. 0 meaning horrible, and 6 meaning absolutely excellent. If all of the Infinity Bros rank something a six, it gets an Infinity <laughs> I forget that almost every single time. Max always so gets mad at you. I'm glad you did that. <laughs> yeah. But I literally have it written down right in front of me here. Like, <laughs> don't forget <laughs> to plug the rating system and don't forget to plug the, the spoiler, spoiler warning. So gotcha we are going to fully spoil Sonic the Hedgehog 2 and Moon Knight Episode 5. So if you haven't seen either one of those and you want to, make sure to um, like or subscribe to the podcast, then pause it, go back, watch those things, and then come back to this when you're ready for it. But we'll play that bumper right here. This is... Prepare yourself. An Infinity Bros. Prepare yourself. Spoiler. So Sonic the Hedgehog 2, guys, I mean, Paramount Plus put together this uh, epic sequel, just released on April 8th, um, director Jeff Fowler, and came out to a pretty decent box office opening, and I, I think it's sitting at, right now, almost like $300 million as of recording right tonight. So, which is pretty decent for like an animated film. And well, I shouldn't say it's animated, but like, you know, it's got the animation in it and stuff like that. But I mean, honestly, it's doing pretty well for it. And for a video game movie, especially like those tend to not do well in the box office. So exactly. Yeah. Video game movie, which I mean, we'll talk about in a little bit. There's a lot of, um, criticism, uh, on video game movies, and it is actually at a 67% on Rotten Tomatoes, which, again, you know, it, it is uh, not, like, amazingly score. That's the critic score, 67%. I feel like that's a little low. That's pretty low. But the audience score is at 96%. Yeah, I was going to say. 96%. Like, everybody has basically universally loved this movie uh, coming into it. So, except for the critics. Critics, for again, critics are very harsh on video game movies, so understandable that that, that score is pretty low. But coming into it, guys, um, I mean, we all kind of saw Sonic the Hedgehog, uh, the first one, and I think everybody of us are we pretty much love that movie. So uh, I think all of us were pretty much excited to, to see Sonic two. So Zane, uh, first of all, give us your thoughts coming into Sonic two um, coming off of Sonic one. Like what were your thoughts going into another sequel of, you know, a pretty, pretty decent first uh, video game movie that was, I, I think a lot of people were pretty surprised that Sonic the Hedgehog, did so well because of the they came out with the trailer and the the cgi and that was just like trash horrendous like looked terrible 
everybody in the internet collectively was like, this looks like garbage. And Paramount went back, fixed all of that, and actually came out with some really, really great like reviews from that. So Zane, tell us your thoughts moving into Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Yeah, I was really excited for this one to come out because, yeah, just the the first movie was a lot of fun and they just did a lot of stuff right. And so I was excited to see what they were going to do in a second one, especially knowing, well, at the end of the first one, you had the teeth with tails and you're bringing tails and the second one, you bring in knuckles and like there's just some of these other characters you're bringing in. And so coming into this, like I, I don't necessarily say I had super high expectations, but I was just like, if they keep things in the vein that they had with the first movie, the second movie was going to be just fine. And I feel like that's exactly what they did. They just kept things fun. They kept things light. They stuck with what made the first movie worked and they just brought that into the second one. And so, yeah, it, I was satisfied when walking into the theater and then leaving, like it was fun. It was a good time. And I hope we get a third one. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you just nailed it. Like they just, they did what they did really well in the first one was they didn't take themselves too seriously, which I think a lot of video game movies end up doing. uh, And that it is to their detriment that they, you know, try to be super serious and make a really cool video game movie. Um, And it just, sometimes it just, just does not come out right. So they did so well with just keeping it light, like you said, and and charming. Like charming is kind of the one word that I would use to describe both of these movies. So, um, and Robbie, uh, you also were able to catch it. What were your thoughts on the movie? Um, and again, we are in spoiler territory, so like you know, don't feel free to tell us you know favorite part of the of the movie. Like, just give us your general thoughts on Sonic the Hedgehog two. Sonic the Hedgehog. Two was awesome. Uh, the action was great. I, I enjoyed it. My my son is big into Sonic now. Now we're watching Sonic X, the cartoon on Netflix. So we, we've been enjoying Sonic a little bit more here. Uh, I think Knuckles was hilarious. He kind of reminded me of Drax a little bit. They kind of Draxed him up like being this dumb space alien that doesn't really understand sarcasm and all that. Um, I kind of I liked I liked what they did with Tails. When Idris Elba was announced as Knuckles, I was kind of like, I mean, like excited because I love Idris Elba, but I was like, how, how is that going to work? Like, I don't know. It seemed like a weird casting for Knuckles. So I, the way it played out was fantastic. He played him incredibly. Knuckles was one of my favorite parts of this movie. So I thought that was awesome. No, yeah, they did a great job with Knuckles. Um, I have to say, like, I was a little disappointed with Jim Carrey in this one. I don't know. Maybe is that is that is that maybe that's blasphemous. I don't know. But like he just like the jokes just didn't hit for me like they did in the first one. Um, so that was my like only like real like slight disappointment. I just wasn't feeling Jim Carrey as much as I normally do. Um, but I, I liked what they were doing with Doctor Robotnik. I just I don't know. Jim Carrey's jokes weren't hitting as as hard, and that was I sad think, for me. I think he definitely like played up. Uh, his character a little bit in this one than as opposed to the first one. And he, and he, even in the first one too, is his character is ridiculous. Like that's, he, he's, this is the perfect like Jim Carrey role. They like yeah. just gave him this role and they're like, be Jim Carrey, like be nineties Jim Carrey 
as Robotnik. That's literally what it was, what it felt like to me. And then he got a little bit more like ridiculous in this, in this movie. So it was, mm-hmm. I, I think I see where you're coming from. I, I personally enjoyed it because I loved seeing him go back to that, like crazy Jim Carrey, like, you know, you see him in all the old clips from like Liar Liar and, and Truman mm-hmm. Show and all these shows that he's just being nuts in. And it just reminded me of that. So I, I absolutely loved his portrayal in this. But he did play it up quite a bit more in this one than, than the I was really movie. confused by like how much they went into the goat milk joke. Like it's a small joke from the first Sonic. And then they like made the entire persona for his lackey around like making goat milk at a coffee shop. And that was like their entire joke, like four times throughout the movie. And I was like, this was a tiny like joke in the first one. And it wasn't even that funny. Like, so I was like, I don't, I I misunderstood. I didn't understand that choice of jokes and why they went so deep on that. But you know, (laughs) it is what it is, I guess. Yeah. I got you. So you kind of hit on it just briefly there, uh, Robbie. So Paramount is is put up the Sonic franchise, and they've done a great job. But they've also uh, been releasing Halo, which you know has been coming out with weekly episodes for the last like month or so. Um, Jarrett, I know you've seen the first Sonic, and you've been kind of half paying attention to Halo. <laughs> so uh, it seems like Paramount has cracked the code with the video game thing with the Sonic franchise. So how are they doing so well with Sonic, but seem to be struggling to please fans with Halo? It's almost like, and we had this conversation offline about The Witcher, and you can take liberties with these properties. And I think it's important that you do sort of take liberties with this property. But you have to understand what people like about those. Right. And so this is exactly what we talked about when we talked about how they redid Sonic. They made the most like body horror, uncanny valley Sonic. (laughs) And the fans are like, this is not what we like about Sonic. We don't want him to look real. We want him to look good. Um, And Halo, I'm probably the biggest Halo hater on the podcast right now. I don't know. Me Me and Robbie can fight over that, but it's so bad. And it has none of the things I like about Halo. Um, to me, it feels like I'm, I keep making this comparison, but it feels like a CW or like a, how Inhumans was where they're like, oh, no, we understand. We know exactly what they want. And then they just like spew out this absolute garbage. Um, I think you need to understand. And they talked about how like the director had never played any of the games, right? Like this is not a guy who's invested in this property or cares about making the version of this that we, the fans, enjoy. Um, whereas Sonic... They know what kids like and they know that most of us grownups are kids at heart. And so we want the silly and lighthearted version of Sonic that we grew up with, or at least we, you know, through rose colored glasses, look back on. And I think they nailed it, at least with the first one. Still haven't seen the second one, but yeah. 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 I think I, I agree with you there. And and we kind of touched on it earlier, Zane, like they did such a great job with just keeping the Sonic movies like so lighthearted and just fun and it's hard to do that in general with like halo as a like a war (laughs) franchise like how how do you make that fun i i don't know uh well it's not about making it fun i mean the halo games like they're fun to play but it's not like 
a fun time. Like, right. Yeah. But like they, they could have made the grunts make jokes like they do in the games. Like there's little things that they could have done. that They chose not to do. Right. But I'm just saying like, like taken away from the experience with Sonic. They leaned into that because that's what I mean. That's what we love about that franchise is that it's a fun, you know, nostalgic franchise with Halo. They really leaned into the like the serious war stuff. And as you've been saying multiple times on this podcast, Jared, man, the dialogue is rough. It's it's bad. It's not good. It's like, yeah, Uh, it's like, you know what? They, They looked at it and they said, you know what people love about Halo? They love it to look really cheesy. They love it when Master Chief takes off his helmet and does the worst acting ever. <laughs> and they love it when they go on these long, <laughs> like, just monologues about nothing. That's what people love about Halo. It's just monologues. You don't even... Okay, so you don't even think it looks good, Jared? No, I, like... I think it looks good. So. I think they... Dude, it's I a TV show, yeah. though. Like, like, I would, like, for a TV show, like, it looks as good as, like... It's not Marvel quality, but Marvel has Disney behind it. But you compare it to almost any other TV show. I think it's I think it's up there. I think they try so hard to make like here's my issue with the CGI. I think they're trying too much, if that makes sense. Like, especially with the blood, you don't need to have that much blood because when we see the blood splatter and all this, it shows like really glaring weaknesses in the CGI. If they toned it back even a little bit, some of that stuff wouldn't shine through or like. They use these really, really bright scenes, like especially the first episode, and the lighting is completely off. And Disney, obviously, they have the volume, which is like this multi-million dollar production. Paramount doesn't have that, but I actually really enjoy their practical effects when they do that. I think they've knocked that out of the park. I think they need to stop leaning so much on the CGI. Yeah, and, you know, like, they're just really, really different tones, so it's it's not really even fair to compare Sonic and Halo but at the same time, you know, we, I mean, we as gamers, we see these video game franchises and we love when they're turned into movies and we just want to see it done well. So, you know, it's, it's unfortunate when we come across something like Halo that is not really living up to our expectations. That's, that's the whole issue because me and Zane talked about this the other night is that the original trailer that got everyone excited, at least got me excited. Some people didn't like like the people, the, the people that had gripes with the original Halo trailer was because like Master Chief didn't have his OG voice and Cortana looked different, and that's why they were mad. But like it looked like a video game, like it looked legit. The CGI looked great. Master Chief looked great. Like the action looked good. Like so, it looked like they were gonna hit everything like perfectly. And then and then we come to find out that was just the first thirty minutes of the entire show. And that the rest of the show was going to be a completely different thing. And I think that's why I think I have struggled so much watching the first probably four episodes. Um, at The more we've talked about it, the better I've accepted it. But that doesn't mean I'm still happy about it. Like I liked episode five. Um, and I wa- I've only seen a little bit of episode six. I haven't been able to finish it yet. But like I was able to actually enjoy episode five after talking through it more. Um, and that one did have a lot more action, which made it easier to do. But gosh, they just they just they they got me so excited for a, a legit Halo show, and then it got ripped away. So this the and, comparison that I keep making because people have asked me like, should I go watch Halo? Um, and the comparison I make is like, 
imagine Book of Boba Fett with a lower budget, right? Like poor writing, uh, misunderstanding the genre and why we like it. And then like you don't have Disney's bankroll supporting you in the background. That's how it feels to me. Like I haven't seen episode five. Maybe I need to just like swallow my pride and chug through it to get to episode five. But uh, I got – go ahead. Just in general, even just as a general sci-fi show, like it still hits those notes. Like that's what I felt like. I know you make the comparison of like a CW show. Like I feel like this could be a show airing on Sci-Fi Channel. Like yes, yeah, I get I, I get that it's Halo skin or whatever. Not going in depth on that, but like that, it very much still has those vibes. That like this could be a week you know weekly show airing on Sci-Fi Channel. Like it still hits those Sci-Fi feels. Yeah, and I, I mentioned in a previous episode too that like I'm not quite as deep into the Halo lore as you guys, and I've I've been enjoying the show. Uh, for what it is, like us, well, like you said, it's basically a cool sci-fi show to me. This would be the best show on Sci-Fi Channel, <laughs> like, right? It it would be a decent show on Sci-Fi, and like what what's really detracting it through those first few episodes. I know Jarrett had mentioned that even like I think it was like episode two we reviewed, and Jarrett was like, "Yeah, this dialogue is garbage. It's like a CW show," and I was like. I don't know if it's fair to give it that comparison yet, but it hasn't got any better <laughs> over the past four episodes, unfortunately. Uh, so now I'm kind of like, yeah, you're right. It kind of is like a CW show. Just just in the dialogue sense, though. Like, everything else I've been pretty much enjoying. Like, the action has been... There isn't a whole lot of action, which is a little disappointing, but the action that we've had is great. And it looks... I think it looks great. Like, it, it does look a little, like video game-ish but like it's a video game show so i'm not like super bummed about that or anything so i had to stop like full disclosure i have not watched past the point where cortana pops out and he goes not now you're embarrassing me in front of my friends like that whole scene was so cringy for me that i'm like i'm done i'm going to bed i can't i can't do this yeah how they're choosing to handle cortana where she just appears out of thin air yeah like I don't care what kind of technology you have. That makes zero sense. And like everyone can see her like like they're in the middle of the desert and she just pops up and everyone else can see her, too. Like that makes no sense at all. Like that's completely this is getting into like a little bit spoiler territory for Halo 2. So just like a little bit warning. Skip forward like 20 seconds here. Uh, So in the latest I think it's not the latest episode, but the previous episode, um, episode five, episode five, they. Master Chief is mad at Cortana because he's she's in his head and like talking to him and and he just wants her to leave basically. So he basically says to leave and then she just leaves. And it's like there wasn't really any explanation given as to like how that works technically. Like she's just not in his head anymore. And then I think it was just she's she like just stopped floating. talking to him. Yeah, she didn't I don't think she went away. <sighs> Yeah, it was just, I don't know, it just seemed, like, odd to me, and I was like, okay. And then and then later, in episode five, or six, she just pops up and starts talking to him again, and it's like, okay, all right, I don't really understand how that works, but, you know, whatever. Uh, again, I'm trying not, to, trying not to take this series too seriously, because I'm kind of just generally enjoying it, 
So when I look into things like that, it makes me <laughs> makes me like it less and I don't really want to do that right now. So I'm trying to stay away from all of that. Yeah, to me, honestly, what it is now, it's just a, it's just one of like the few shows because I don't watch a lot of shows that I just get to watch every week. So it's like if I don't have anything to watch, like it's it's nice to be like, oh, I could still watch this. So it's like I that's like that's all it is to me right now, which is really, really sad. It's not like a. Thursday comes out as soon as the kids are in bed I'm watching it like like I watched like 15 minutes of it last night and I'll probably finish the rest of it I don't know Sunday maybe like I'm, I'm just not like itching at the gills to you know watch this thing right yep so I mean that's part of the difference between Sonic the Hedgehog 2 and Halo is that I was like actually really excited to go see Sonic the Hedgehog 2 like I I legitimately was like I I actually kind of forced Svea to watch Sonic the Hedgehog one, so yeah, she same. could watch same. Sonic the Hedgehog two in the, theaters. Yeah. <laughs> so like she hadn't seen it, and I was like, oh, it'd be really fun to try to take her to a movie. She's five now, and she she loves movies. Like she's our movie person in the family. She will sit down and watch. She she could sit down and watch TV all day long. Like she would be totally fine with doing that. Um, so I was like, oh, I bet she'd love to go to a movie. And so we watched Sonic 1. She absolutely loved it, like wanted to like watch it right after we got done watching it. She wanted to watch it again. So I was like, oh, sweet. This is going to be perfect. So we go to Sonic the Hedgehog 2, and she absolutely loved that one too. And the only part, there was like 20 minutes left in the movie. We're in like the final battle or whatever, and Svea leans over to me, and she whispers, Dad, this is a really long movie. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, it is. But <laughs> she was still she was still like entertained throughout basically the whole movie. Um, and she was like busting a gut during, you know, all the parts with between Sonic and Tails and Knuckles specifically, like their interactions in this movie are just hilarious and incredible. So great for kids. Um, it is a little intense, I guess, uh, in some parts, because, I mean, they're obviously fighting a giant robot that's trying to kill them so you know it gets a little intense for like little little kids but mine is five and she absolutely loved it so um zane why don't you go ahead and give us just a rating of sonic the hedgehog 2 and what you're excited for with this franchise like looking forward i'm gonna give it a five i i really enjoyed it it was super fun and i part of that i i'll admit it's with nostalgia glasses because as a kid sonic was my favorite watched everything sonic like it was just so a lot of that is the nostalgia of it he was always my favorite character and it was just it's a super fun movie like i've watched the first one many times and then when this one you know is streaming to you like even if it's just a movie i just throw on to have in the background like that i'd be totally okay with that and it was super fun um for a third one i mean obviously with how they end the second one it just the tease of like shadow like yeah give us a third one we need shadow there's other characters you get into that really can expand more of the lore that is sonic and yeah just get shadow involved get more of these characters and just and yeah just honestly, keep having fun with it yeah with with the more like leaning into the animated characters in this one i i absolutely love that part of it like in Sonic 1, we get a decent amount of, like, the human side of things and, like, what's going on in 
in the main protagonist besides Sonic's life. I don't even remember his name, honestly. <laughs> but, like, he... We get, like, a, a decent Donut amount Lord. of his... Yeah, Donut Lord, exactly. You're, you nailed it. Uh, we get a decent amount of his story and his life in Sonic 1. And this one is, like, primarily focused on Sonic and, like, what is going on with him and stuff like that. So that was cool. The only thing I even, like, remotely remember about Donut Lord is that his wife has, like, the most perfect skin and smile, like, of any human being. And, mm. like, it, she seems more alien to me than, like, <laughs> Sonic does, to be honest. <laughs> like, it, it makes zero sense how, like, perfect her skin and teeth are. Like, I just don't get it. I know that's really random, but it's like, I can't, like, not look at her and be like, that doesn't seem correct. <laughs> nice. um, I'll give my rating since I'm, I'm Go going it. already. Go for it. Um, I gave this a 4.5. Uh, like, it, it's hard with these movies because, like, at the end of the day, these are just a fun time, right? Like, this, these movies are just like, I can put this movie on at any time. It'll be good for my kids. I could maybe get sucked into it and watch it, or it's just on in the background and I don't care. Um, like, the story isn't anything huge, but the action is fun. Um, Knuckles is great. I, I, I could watch this again for Knuckles. Um, I gave it a 4.5 only because like, yeah, like I said, the Jim Carrey jokes just didn't land for me, which I, which is weird because I love Jim Carrey like very, very much. Like there's rarely a movie or a joke of his that doesn't land, but this movie, I just, I struggled with it. Um, so yeah, 4.5 out of me. I think Grayson would give it a six. Um, I, it was nice to go to the movie theater and Grayson, I now know can sit in a movie theater and just watch a movie for the entire time. And, not move a muscle nice. as long as he has enough popcorn and m&ms and an icy <laughs> to like keep him going like same good to go <laughs> yeah that's yeah, exactly so I what have we invited do zane, zane too but yeah yeah the same thing i do with zane i go you don't move now okay you stay right here and you stay quiet um he only so cried yeah, during no, the movie awesome. one time last time so you know he's doing Gosh. he's doing pretty well but yeah, Captain America went back to, you know, the 1940s and Zane starts bawling for some reason. My goodness gracious, Zane, chill out. I'm a romantic um, at heart, okay? Great. Yeah, so I think I'm I'm along the same lines as Zane here. Uh, I'm giving this movie 5 out of 6. I think I'd give the first Sonic a 5.5. And this one was still great, still amazing. But I think I they kind of overall just kicked up the ridiculousness a little bit which i mean it's a sonic movie so that it didn't detract too much from you know like my final rating or anything but i mean it just it seemed like there were some moments where they were just solely going for the joke instead of going for you know a, a touching moment or something like that um so i overall incredible movie absolutely loved it um i think these movies too are just like a little bit like simpler. So it's, it's harder for me to give, you know, either of these movies like a six out of six and say, this is the best movie I've ever watched. You know, they, like you can tell that they're definitely targeted towards a younger audience, which is absolutely nothing wrong with that. Um, I mean, I absolutely loved it. And it, like you guys have been saying, it's a, it's a great one that you can just put on for the kids and have on in the background. I would absolutely um, love for you know my both my daughters to be watching these movies until they stop making them so yeah uh lots of cool things to look forward to and dean you mentioned the the shadow like post credit scene i mean we're getting more eventually um we just gotta kind of wait it out and and see when they can get another one produced so it's gonna be fun all right guys 
Anything else to say about Sonic before we pivot into our main topic of the night, Moon Knight Episode 5? I just don't know anything about, like, besides Tails and Knuckles and Dr. Robotnik, so I'm interested to see what happens with, like, Shadow and... Like I was as excited to see Super Son or to see uh, Super Saiyan Sonic. That was cool. Yeah, that yes. was awesome. <laughs> that was awesome. Oh my gosh, the part where he, the part where he's done being like Super Saiyan Sonic, mm-hmm. and then he calls down the chili dog from the sky. Like, <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. like, yes, this is what I'm here for. That was amazing. <laughs> that was great. Oh, also, okay, one thing I have to point out too. So Ben Schwartz is the voice of Sonic. There's this moment in, this is my by far my favorite part of this movie. There's this moment where he's like, I don't even remember what it's about, Zayn, but he's like, this is the worst, which is a reference to his character <laughs> yeah. in Parks and That's Recreation. That's awesome. And it was, oh, mwah, chef's kiss. Best that part got of the movie. me. Yep. It was, I, I giggled. I looked at Svea and I was like, expecting her to like be laughing. And she like just looks at me because she has no idea like what John Ralphio. <laughs> I'm like, come on, Svea. <laughs> Dude, when I laugh at anything, Grayson just busts a gut. Like he just, so he laughed when I laughed at that. And I was like, do you even know what I'm laughing about? And I was laughing. So then she like looked at me and laughed after she saw me yeah. laughing. But she yeah. like watched that and, you know, obviously went over yeah. her head and didn't get it. But that was. Wait, I, you don't have the office on repeat at your house? Uh, no. I, I, I have like seven TVs and they're on all my TVs <laughs> all, all day long. <laughs> it's Parks and Rec is one of my. It's probably like top. <laughs> Oh, did I say the, the office? You said the you office, did. but Parks and Rec, oh, I, I knew what you, Parks and Rec. You, you knew it. You knew what it was. That's a, that's a it's top fine. five show. Like, I almost, I go back and forth. Like, I, yeah, I like that one the better office. than The Office <laughs> some days. Like, it's, it's better than The Office. I, I, I'm with you. I think I like it better than The Office, but some days it's just, you know, you got to get the, the, the office hitters in there too, so. Anyways, yeah, well, great that's, movie. That's the that's the difference is that every uh, uh, every episode from Parks and Rec is a hitter. That's that's a statement right there. Um, that's a statement. So there, you're saying there's no filler episodes in Parks and Recreation? No, they're all hitters. Every single one is good. That's name uh, a bad episode again, from Parks uh, and Rec. The whole first season is kind of filler. Well, we okay. Okay, well, that's, we don't we don't talk about the first season. <laughs> Does it count? I, I, okay. I figured we were all smart enough to know that we don't talk about the first season. There's a couple episodes. It's just like, in it's the just like of the with merger. the Office. Where it's the, just like with the Office. You don't talk about the right, last the two first, seasons. Like right. that, those oh, things yeah. are should be understood. <laughs> it's universally understood. It should be universally understood. Okay. Just like with right. Community, we don't talk about the last season. <laughs> all right, good to know. That hurts. Know. Hey, right. I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> I'm sorry. And now let's get into the trauma of yeah. <laughs> Getting all sorts Jared of emotional cry. damage tonight, guys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right, here we go. So we're gonna dive into episode five of yeah. Moon Knight. It is called Asylum. Just aired uh this Wednesday. Um man, guys, there is so much to unpack in this episode, but uh basically I'll just do a quick kind of like recap. We're we're stuck in what we find out in the beginning of this episode is the underworld of um, <laughs> it's it's so hard to put this into words because at the end of episode four, we all think this is in Mark's head and potentially it still could be 
<laughs> I don't know. We're kind of like in this limbo of like, where are we right now? What is happening in the show? So episode five starts out. They're still in the asylum. They meet um, Toret. Toret. Is that how you say that? I I'm really bad at pronouncing that name. No, you specifically. got it. You're, you're not it Matt, like three, so like at least you're close. Yeah. I heard it like four times in the episode, and I still could not like get it down when I was saying. It. I was yeah. like, how, how how are they saying that right now? So they meet her. Uh, she's <laughs> like this goddess. She's the goddess, of, like Egyptian goddess of like fertility, right, Jarrett, or something like that. And she is like basically trying to lead them to the Egyptian version of like Valhalla or the you know afterlife type of thing, and. So there, yeah, she, she's got this scale, takes their hearts, and she's trying to balance, or they are, have to balance uh, their hearts on this scale. And they basically have to, Mark and Steven have to go through all of Mark's memories and kind of like reconcile um, everything that they remember. So they go through, I mean, and we see the trauma that he underwent as a child, and it is just... Whew, it's a heavy, heavy episode. Just seeing that in the first place. And then we go on to his mom blames him for the death of his brother and basically abuses him throughout you know, his childhood. And that's how he develops the dissociative identity disorder. He kind of like creates this alternate identity um, of Stephen who is kind of like this kind of happy-go-lucky, like, you know, nothing bad is is going on in my life. And, and man, watching all of that through Mark and Steven's eyes is just woof. It was heavy. And, you, Jared, you said that you watched half of it and stopped and had to, like, take a break, right? What was your experience with that? They portrayed this very, very well. and I, And I'm not saying that in, like, a... I don't know, as far as like realism and stuff. But I think people talk about sort of the physical side of abuse, but the way they handled the emotional side of this as well was like really, really on point. Um, So much so that like I was watching it at work uh, during one of my breaks and I was like, ah, this is fine. Like, and I get halfway through and I just, I had to shut off my phone. I stopped everything I was doing and I like had to lock my door to my classroom and just had a good cry for a minute. Um... And like, then I had to put it myself together because I'm teaching kids and like, I'm not going to sit there and be like, guys, hold on. Mr. Curtis needs a minute. Um, But there is that sort of like, as a kid and not being able to process through some of this stuff, you need something to hang on to, right? Some sort of anchor, some way to like deal with everything going on around you and for me, it was comic books, right? Like I dove deep into comic books as a kid because that was sort of like the best version of everything for me, right? Or I would watch Toonami and, you know, build my Zoids or what. Like I had an escape and I had my family and they were amazing. Um, and so the fact that he, without the support system of his mom and obviously his brother's gone, all he had was his dad who, you know, was dealing with the trauma of dealing with his wife as well. Um he needed something. And so the fact that he splits off this, you know, glasses half full, the world is a great place personality, somebody who's not afraid, somebody who's more capable to deal with this. Uh, it's so like on point. Um, 
that I can't help but wonder, like somebody in the writing room went through this. Like somebody had to understand what this process looks like because it it was done so incredibly well. Um, and so just, I talked about it on TikTok. I, I tweeted out this. If you're somebody who's dealing with this at all and this was a rough watch for you, um, I would suggest there's a comic called uh, Middle West. It's by Scotty Young. It is fantastic. It talks about the same stuff. Go check it out. But um, yeah, I was shocked. I did not think it was going to take that turn. And it was it was just, it was beautifully done, I guess, is all the only way I can put it. Fantastic. Yeah, it was just, yeah. And it was, like you said, it was well done. Um, it actually has the highest IMDb rating of any of the Disney Plus show episodes. It has It is a 9.1 uh, out of 10 on IMDb. And the next one down is Loki episode four with a rating of nine. But it is the the highest rated episode um, out of all of the Disney Plus shows. So, I mean, um, universally, like everybody was like, wow, this is this is some crazy stuff that we're seeing right here. And, you know, there's been a lot of criticisms uh, with his show coming into um, this episode. Like, hey, how are we going to wrap this all together in two episodes and um zane i'm gonna hand it over to you now like where where can we even go with this from episode five um so we we're kind of like in this limbo now uh so at the end of the episode steven uh gets tossed overboard he's in the sands and gets lost or whatever and i mean it it looks like the scales were balanced at that point so it looks like um Mark gets to the reeds or, you know, the, the good afterlife. How can we turn this around? And (laughs) it's, it's wild because like we had this realistic, like approach through the first four episodes. And then all of a sudden we flipped when Mark dies in episode four or dies, I guess. Um, And now we just don't know what is real and what is happening. So what do you think is going to be happening in the finale next week? Oh, man, that's a that's a deep question because, yeah, it, it's a loaded question, honestly, because like <laughs> so it goes so many. Well, directions. right. Just because of you thought they were setting stuff up with one way of everything that's been going. And then you get this episode and obviously it keys so deep on trauma and it goes and just really explores just like Stephen and Mark and makes them confront that past that it's just like you forget that's like, oh, yeah, we have this whole supernatural element. We have this whole element of, like, I don't know what's real. Like, are they actually in this boat? Are they actually, you know, traveling through these sands? Are they actually in a psych ward? Are they, like, there's so much stuff that, like, I don't know where they pivot from here. Because it's just, like, I... Yeah, because I feel like the reason why the scales got balanced is... Mark had to come to terms with getting rid of Steve or Steven because he, in a way of facing the trauma, but right. Well, and ultimately what had to happen there was like Mark had to show Steven that he was part of his, you know, dissociative identity uh, disorder. Like he had to show Steven what happened that he exists right now that he created him, that he created right. him. Yeah. But I think it's going to somehow get into more like Conchu's going to come back into play here. I think 
it, it could go one of the two ways of just like dealing with that healing. But I also feel like you could incorporate something of that. Mark Spector accepts that his scales aren't balanced and like, that's the way it is. And then he goes back for Steven because as much as Steven's a pain in the butt or, you know, whatever, but like those two still work together. And like some people, like his scales aren't meant to be balanced. And I think it could tie something into that. But also you have in the back of your head of like, oh yeah, this show's not supposed to connect with any of the other Marvel shows. So are they going to segue into anything which i still think that's a bit of a lie because like how do you give moon knight and you give so much nods to like setting up stuff for midnight suns or anything that you're just not going to completely connect stuff but yeah it's just you got one episode left and it it just you're at that point you're like i don't know what they're gonna do like like they and there's been a rumor going around on twitter that this episode this finale episode is only going to be 42 minutes long it's not a rumor. It has been confirmed. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty. I'm 95 percent sure it's been confirmed. This is the shortest season finale. I episode. I was I was seeing it floated around, but I wasn't seeing any any confirmation anywhere. But yeah, like that's it's wild because all of these episodes up to this point have been like 50 to 50 to 60 minutes, like in that kind of hourish range. This is significantly shorter than all of the other episodes that we've gotten this season. So how are they going to wrap all this up? I mean, we're obviously going to have to wait and find out, but it seems like there's just so much that they have to go over. And one of those things, Robbie, is Jake Lockley. So I was just going to ask. I'm I want dire- to ask Jarrett. Yeah, I'm going to direct this to you first because I want I want to hear your thoughts on this latest episode specifically, and then we can we'll direct it to the Moon Knight expert after that. Um, but so they've been sprinkling in Jake, um, kind of throughout the last couple episodes here, last three, um, if you include this one, because in I think it was episode three, uh, Stephen and Mark were kind of confused about who killed all all the guys on the rooftop, and then the next episode, yeah, that's at the end of episode four is when we saw. The, the sarcophagus that probably has Jake Lockley in it. And this episode, there's a lot of people speculating that we actually saw Jake Lockley in one of these scenes. 150%. And it's when, yeah, it's when they go back to um, Harrow's office in the psych ward. And he is acting, Oscar Isaac is ask, acting very significantly different from both Mark and Steven. He's got kind of like a New York accent. He's got like a bandage over his his nose. And he's kind of like acting just like psycho in general. Like he's just very like intense. Um, Robbie, what was your initial thoughts when you saw that on screen? Like did that pop out to you as like, oh, this could be Jake Lockley right away? Or did you kind of see stuff like that coming later? No, I mean, I think that I think that makes sense, especially if you just, you know, once the Internet gets a hold of everything, like people start connecting all these dots. And I don't know enough about like Moon Knight to connect these dots like people like other people like Jarrett and people that are crazy about Moon Knight that are out there. They're the ones that connect these dots for us. And then we go, oh, now that I see that, that makes a lot of sense. So now you think of like Jake when he shows up and like, you see, you see him in that in that office with the bandage and everything, like completely like 
his eyes are bugging out like he's 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 crazy like because the other two are like mark is very like you know concise and like very like to the point wants to know what's going on or he's just like you're not who you say you are kind of thing and then steven is like what's going on I, i don't know what to do what i'm doing here and then you have this guy who's like kind of aggressive i would say like he gives up this like i'm going to legit just kill you in a second kind of thing and you're like and only like and only oscar isaac can pull this off dude he this is an he's just incredible acting performance by oscar isaac in the show like is he is doing such an incredible job him and um ethan hawk both are just doing an amazing job in the show gosh i can't wait they're gonna can't wait for them to kill off another villain. Um, <laughs> that, but that's my big question now because, like, like we like we talked about, I'm pretty sure it's been confirmed that the last episode is going to be the shortest Disney Plus finale that we've gotten. And the problem, I think, I think everyone can agree the Disney Plus shows are too short. Like the yeah, show think, you get, like per week. Agree, agree. Yeah, but the show you get per week, like it says runtime 50 something minutes, but you only get 30 minutes and then there's 50 minutes of credits at the end. (laughs) Yep. Like that was that was the biggest issue with uh, what which WandaVision, uh, especially WandaVision was the worst. WandaVision had some real long credits for some reason, just ridiculous. So and and WandaVision, I think we were, were all on record saying that they it felt rushed at the end. And now this again feels like it potentially is going to be rushed at the end again. And I'm worried about that because I feel like there's no way you can tie up all these storylines because now you have to introduce Jake. You have to get, you have to get Steven out of, uh, uh, out of the sand. I, I forgetting the name of what they called it. You have to do all the stuff with Ethan Hawke's character. Like, how are you tying all this up in 42 minutes? And, and is that actually 42 minutes or is it like 30 minutes? And then there's 10 minutes of credits. Yeah, how like, are we going to get a satisfying ending to each of these storylines? Basically, I, and I, I don't, hear th- what you're I just don't think we're going to, and I'm, I'm, that's why I'm like, I joke that they're going to kill Ethan Hawke, but I'm hoping that they've got him for another season. And that like, we're just going to see this keep building. And that maybe we just get like a really cool reveal and like we don't actually get a finale here. Okay. All right. Yep. Okay. That's my hope because I don't want them. I just don't want them to rush another season finale. I see. I definitely see where you're coming from. So we're going to actually kind of intertwine those together here. And I'm going to direct this to you, Jared, our our resident Moon Knight expert. Been on every episode of our Moon Knight reviews uh, this this year. And it's been awesome because like you give us such a great like – perception of the character from the comics and adapted to the TV show. So we definitely appreciate that, Jared. But so, yeah, we've got this 42 minute episode here. We've got a lot to wrap up and we seem to be just getting into Jake Lockley. So what I'm what I'm going to ask you, Jared, is how like how are they going to handle Jake Lockley in this episode? Is he going to be introduced full on as another character in this episode and then just like, Hey, like push the ending, like you were saying, Robbie to, or the, the story to another season. Like, are, are, is this just going to be a, a reveal of Jake Lockley? They kind of like 
set things up for another season or is this going to be a true finale or kind of like a closing of some of these storylines? I think we get Jake almost immediately. Like as a full character, I think we get him right away. And Jake is like, I talked about it all throughout the series. Jake is bloodthirsty. Like this dude does not mess around. And so I think at some point he has the option to kill somebody, whether it's Haro or whatever. Jake is there to kill somebody. Um, they escape, you know, the field of reeds or whatever. And I think this is how we get Steven back is somebody has to be strong enough. Somebody has to be the equal and opposite force enough to Jake to stop him from murdering somebody. And I think that's how Stevie returns to the scene. <clears throat> I also think, think, Oh, sorry, go ahead. Sorry. Introduce. Sorry. This is like just a spur of the moment thought that I had. Do you think that this is how Jake Lockley gets control of Mr. Knight? Because I would love that in the comics. That's <laughs> kind of, he's yeah. like the alter ego of Mr. Knight. Right. Right. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but like, yes. And we were kind of all like a little, I mean, you, were shocked by the reveal of like Stevie as Mr. Knight. Could this be like a flip? Like, all right, now he's got Mr. Knight and he saves Stevie. And then Stevie just becomes kind of like the extra guy. Cause he didn't even want to be Mr. Knight in the first place. You know, can I ask a dumb question? And, and I have, I I'll be on record saying I haven't listened to the pod. So like maybe this has been insert answered. So is, is Jake a character that Steven created to deal with, difficult situations or how does that work how did jake become to be yeah so jake the way they use steve in the in this latest episode as a way for mark to deal with his trauma that's jake in the comic books only rather than creating this like light-hearted persona who is oblivious to all the trauma that he's experienced he goes the opposite way with it right Jake is just all his pent up rage. It's like that fight to protect myself. Um, There's like a lot of when we get flashbacks to his childhood, there's a lot of scenes where like he's just getting the crap kicked out of him and he just switches to Jake and just fights back. Like he is just like pure rage. Um, So, yeah, that's it's it's weird how they flip that in the TV series, but I like it a lot more, actually. See, that's why I think like maybe because Steven create maybe Steven created his own persona because he doesn't know about Mark. So now he created a persona to protect himself. And obviously you go, you know, trauma kid to, to you know, crazy and pile on crazy. Yeah. <laughs> you get jo- you get Jake <laughs> like that's a scary combination there to talk about your your season two theory, though. I have two ideas for this. I think the first one is we get Bushman introduced as a character. I hope that's had, not the mentions of him. Yeah. In this I hope season. that's not the route they take um, for a lot of reasons. I think geopolitically, it's a bad idea. Um, instead, what I think might be more interesting is there's a storyline in the comics where Randall, who is his brother, the brother that passed away, um, he doesn't die in the comic books. They're both soldiers in you know, whatever war it was at the time, it's retold obviously for modern audiences as Iraq or Afghanistan. But um, my theory, and I could be completely off base with this. I think there's a slight chance that his brother survived the accident, that they never recovered the body. He has amnesia and wakes up in a hospital somewhere. And with all of this that he's experienced, not knowing who he is, maybe growing up in an orphanage, he becomes 
and this is so cringy. This is so like early 2000s, but his character is Shadow Knight and he's literally just Moon Knight, but like looks creepier and his uh, <laughs> symbols facing the other way. Um, I don't think we get that <laughs> per se. That's such but, a 90s thing to yeah, do too. It's so, it's so, I love it. It's very oh, cringy. Copy and Batman again, I see. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I, I think there's, I don't know if they'll do this, but I think there's a world where season two could be like a reveal like that or a reveal like Bushman. Um, I don't know if it's going to happen, but I would love to see a season two. Okay. Here's something that we haven't even mentioned, but how does Layla play into all this? Because there's been so many hints that she potentially is going to be, you know, somehow controlled by Amit or Khonshu or something. And like, it just feels like if they started that, like that's got to be pushed to a new season, right? Like we, we would not be able to see the resolution of that in 42 minutes. I have a theory about this one as well, but (laughs) I'll let somebody talk for a little bit. (laughs) Zane, what do you think about Layla? You haven't been talked for a while. Let's hear your thoughts. Yeah. I, it's like you get so caught up in everything that's going on with Mark and Steven. And you're like, Oh yeah, that's right. Layla's in this too. Yeah. She's still like, there, she's right. <laughs> like, and like, what is going on? Like, is she just running around this tomb? Like, is she just like <laughs> chilling? Like, well, and well, I guess that adds to like Robbie's point of like, you're going to run out of time because not only do we need exposition on everything that's happening with Mark and Steven and with J- potential Jake and everything with Harrow, but like he, he's, you know, dead so to speak right now like there's all this stuff going on hypothetically still in the tomb like how do you are you gonna cover that like i feel like you're we're running out of runway to wrap up the story here mm-hmm. and okay this is this is me just kind of like pontificating or whatever but like has not felt like this for every single disney marvel show like we come to the to the episode before the finale and it's like how the heck are they going to wrap up all of this in one episode? Like every single show it's come to that. I feel like it's just, I don't I don't know if that's it's, it's because they're compressing all of this stuff into little less than six hours of a show. And you know, the formula that they've gone with, like, man, I really wish they would have picked like eight or 10 episodes instead of six. Like it just seems like they could have spaced everything out a little bit better and not come to this point where you're just like, how is this even going to happen? I don't, (laughs) I don't understand how this is all going to play out, but I don't know. What have you guys up to this point, Robbie, what up to this point, which of these Marvel shows finales have like worked for you they like wrapped up all the loose ends in a satisfying way i think the only one that did it in a way where the tempo made sense was loki i feel like because like loki like we kind of knew it was we were gonna get but like it made sense and they tied everything up like i don't need a second season of loki even though i would love a second season of loki um like they just didn't have to rush anything to me. It felt like, like they were where they needed to be to do the season finale. Yeah. Yeah. Now that you mentioned that Loki definitely seems to have the best pacing out of, out of all of these shows. So because, because WandaVision turned into a Marvel movie at the end, like, like, no, that's a bad thing, but it just turned into 
fight scene, fight scene, fight the bad person. They defeat the bad person, move on with their lives. Um, Captain and the Winter Soldier, just kind of the same thing. Um, and we didn't even get to see like like him like put on the suit or anything. He just shows up uh, as Captain America. Um, and like Hawkeye, I enjoyed. But I think Hawkeye was a little easier to pull off because the stakes weren't quite as high. Yeah, it was kind of more like a ground level, ground level. It was show. a ground. Yeah, it was like it was like a like it was like one of the Netflix shows. Like you could pull that off, and that and that was fine. But everything else has been like these big high stakes, and then they force it into forty minutes of like a show. This one, in my opinion, seems to be the most amount of stuff that they have to try to tie up to end the season with. And I just don't, I don't know how they're going to do it. So I'm a little, I, I'll be a little worried. I'll, I'll be honest. And that's gotta be, I mean, I think, I think generally most Marvel fans have enjoyed this show. So I think to me, that means that's pointing towards a season two to push some of these storylines onto, you know, a, another platform that they can use more time to tell the story instead of just like hurry up and finish this and, and be done with it type of thing. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know guys. I, I feel like 42 minutes just does not seem like it's going to make the cut to, to wrap up all this stuff. So pretty wild. Um, all right guys, moment of truth. What do you guys well, read this episode? I, I just got oh, the, go um, I just got the script for the finale. So I'm going to read it to you. Oh, um, yeah, so <laughs> okay, yeah, sweet. I figured like, out. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. <laughs> um, so they escape the underworld with the help of Jake Lockley. Um, sorry, skipping down a little bit. They fight Harrow, who has released Amit. Um, okay, they win. Uh, Steve shows up, stops Jake from murdering Harrow. Uh, doesn't matter because Harrow has touched this god Amit who's so crazy that she fractured his mind, so he's out of the picture. And um, what's this? Oh, after credit scene. Um, yeah. So Layla, this whole time has been trying to get Kanchu to choose her as uh, the avatar so she can checks notes, uh, kill Bushman. Um, so she becomes the second avatar of Moon Knight, the Hunter's Moon, to kill Bushman. That's a weird way to wrap it up, but I guess it works. <laughs> I mean, honestly, That's like, my theory. that whole <laughs> wrap up does not even sound that bad. <laughs> I know you were totally joking that whole thing. But that's, that's what I would do. I think it's a fantastic way to end it. So you forgot, you forgot right, the let's, Blade let's cameo. It. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, Blade yeah. comes right. in and murders Post Dracula. Yep. <laughs> okay, so just does Layla find out that Mark killed her father and then accept, like, the Moon Knight and then go after him? Have you not watched the... She knows... Yeah, she knows who killed her father. It was Bushman. Yeah. How did I miss that? She yeah, finds that out. And so that's, yeah, I think that's Mark why basically when, is like, I was there and trying to stop him. Type oh, of thing, right. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so me and Max talked about it when he tells her that like Kanchu was trying to take her over as the new, like fist of vengeance. She is not phased at all by this. She doesn't this even why, react. Yeah. She's just I like, think right. she's oh, I trying that. to steal the power so she can go after Bushman. That's my theory. I love that. <laughs> Honestly, I love that. And like you guys mentioned in that le- latest episode of the Infinity Bros podcast, episode fi- 115, where they review episodes three and four of Moon Knight. Go check that out if you guys haven't listened to that one yet. Um, but you guys, 
I mean, mentioned that, like, I mean, she could, she, in the, okay, lay this out for me again, Jarrett, because I'm probably going to get some of these names wrong, but, like, she is in a kind of a fusion of a couple different characters in the comics. One of them, which is the the Ruby, uh, no, the Scarlet uh, Scarab, right? Scarlet Scarab? So there's the, uh, there is. is totally <laughs> off base? Yeah, there's um, Stained Glass Scarlet, which is a whole different thing. Uh, she's sort of a mix of Marlene. A long name. Yeah, um, her, she's a mix of Marlene, who's like the main love interest of Mark and Steve and Jake. And I think the other part of this is there's a character in Warren Ellis's run who is his like therapist. And you find out that she's been using him the whole time to become the Moon Knight so she can get revenge on these people who committed these atrocities. I feel like she's a fusion of these two characters. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's my theory right now. Gotcha. Okay. Well, I was leaning more towards the her dad, her dad's name, which I am not recalling. Yeah. So that's right the now. same. That's the same as Marlene's dad from the comics, who is an okay. Egypt, gotcha. Egyptologist. Gotcha. Okay. All right. So, but I mean, that was kind of the direction that I was like thinking when you guys were talking last episode of like, I mean, she could potentially become. Yeah, like, I, I don't know if a villain is the right word, but, like, anti-hero, some kind of foil to to Mark um, and Moon Knight, uh, like, because she just wants revenge type of thing. So, like, when you guys were saying that last week, I was like, ah, that kind of sounds kind of cool. I wouldn't I'm out mind that. And obviously that kind of does follow the Marvel formula of, like, having the big twist in the fifth or sixth episode and, like, oh, man... Oh, guess what? Sharon Carter was the power broker. Oh, oh big, shocker. Big, ooh, you know, type of thing. But, no one uh, guessed that. <laughs> but, you know, like, it far, follows that formula. But it would be kind of cool to see if they were to have a season two of Moon Knight and she would become, like, a recurring foil, I guess, to, to Moon Knight. Imagine that so. one, though, Jared. But, like, how you took with the idea of Bushman. So, like, let's say we run with this. She becomes Moon Knight. She kills Bushman. Then you take that entire run where Kanshu only appears as Bushman to torture Mark, except oh does that gosh. for her. So she just yeah. sees Bushman everywhere. That yeah, would be wild. Every time she looks at the mirror, yeah, she, she oh sees Bushman God. with his face cut off. Ooh. Kevin Feige, uh, you can listen to this episode for um, for your story line for eps or season two of moon Knight. so there you go make sure you tie it up in four episodes though <laughs> yeah wild stuff all right and guys they're gonna say 60 minutes go. but it's 40 minutes and 20 minutes of credits <laughs> 20 minutes yeah. of credits exactly our uh, longest episode ever what is your rating of episode five the highest rated on imdb episode of any of the disney marvel uh series uh what is your rating zane go ahead with your uh, i think this is about a three no, it's a six. Like it, it's a six. Like how can you give it anything but a six? Your so your your camera's frozen on my screen, so I couldn't see like your face, and I heard three, and I was like, oh gosh, okay. Jared's about to throw down over here. So Zane is frozen like this on my screen. He's like making a kiss face, and then Robbie Robbie is also frozen on my screen, and he's going like this. With his hands. Nice. It's awesome. <laughs> yes. Karate. Yeah. Isaac's the only one who's working for me right now. <laughs> Wild. Wild Buck stuff. Well. All right, Robbie, what was your rating of episode five? I would also give it a six. Um, the storytelling is 
the exact opposite of what we're getting from the Halo series. Um, it's it's spot on, and 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 even you go from the storytelling to the CGI. They 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 made a, a hippo goddess, and she looks like a legit hippo goddess. And like I'm just like, yeah, that's a that's a hippo goddess. Like I don't I can't even tell that CGI half the time. Like they have nailed it throughout this entire show. Um, it's been weird because you go from like a very like almost street level kind of show to now we're, you know, in the, the world of the dead and everything. So it's interesting how they've been able to traverse that. And I'm okay with it. Like the pacing feels okay. Um, so hopefully may, maybe we'll get a special like episode seven and this won't be the finale and they'll, they'll nail the last two episodes. But for right now, this is a six. The whole series right now is a 5.5. Yeah, I think I'm about on par with you there. Like this episode was fantastic. The way it handled like emotional trauma, which I mean, weirdly, like phase four of the MCU has been like focusing on. Uh, it's just emotional damage. I know. Just run right after the Emotional damage. It's just wild. Like, like I, I, I become emotional now during movies and TV shows as a dad, like when I became a dad, that was the moment that it flipped. Like I, I don't think I had ever cried during a movie before I became a dad. And now it's like every other movie I watch, I'm like, I get like tears welling up in my eyes, but like these just heavy emotional moments that we're just getting in each and every one of these Marvel TV shows are just, they're just incredible. And when did you cry during Sonic two? Sonic 2, it was definitely the moment the chili dog came down <laughs> from the sky and, and, and hit Knuckles in the face. Yeah, that's, that's definitely what it was. Uh, but, like, man, I, I think I will say Disney is not 100% nailing all of these Marvel TV shows, but they have beats in each of these yeah. shows uh, that yeah. hit really agree. hard. And yeah. and so far, this might be the hardest hitting one out of all of these Disney Disney Marvel shows. So six out of six for this episode for me. And I think I'm right alongside you there, Robbie. I'd give this show a five point five. I think generally some Marvel fans are having some issues with just the timeline in this because it just kind of has been jumping around. Um, I know I've heard some criticism from our good friend Pat on the the Good Morning Guys. He really does not like this show because of that. But like the way they're wrapping up the end of this show, it's all going to come together. And I am just really excited to see how the heck they are going to handle this in episode six. So Jarrett, our uh, resident Moon Knight expert, why don't you cap us off with your rating of this episode? Oh, my gosh, man. Okay, so it's an easy like seven and a half out of six. I know we can't break a roll. It's a six out of six. Um, I, we talked about this a little bit, but like I had really high hopes for Hawkeye and this and all the things I wanted to do with Hawkeye. They, they like gave me just the slightest tease of those things, right? Like the LaCroix flavoring of whatever it was I wanted from them. And Moon Knight has exceeded my expectations. Like, I can't remember the last time I've cried this hard over anything. And it wasn't like, it was done so tastefully and respectfully. And the storytelling was solid. And and every bit of this felt like it was intentional. Especially like, episode two was a little rough. But this one in particular was just like, 
masterfully done. Um, I still give the series a six out of six in spite of my gripes about episode two, but I'm just riding this high right now. Like I, I could not come off the clouds. So before, I mean, obviously we don't have the full picture yet with the finale for moon Knight here, but I mean, you're a huge Hawkeye guy as well. So where are you sitting? Which, which show as stuck out more to you? Uh, Moon Knight or Hawkeye it's so it's Moon Knight and it's not even close like I love Hawkeye for a million and a half reasons that it probably doesn't deserve because uh, I think it's a worse I think it's even a worse TV series than my critiques of it but I still love it um I have like I have like one gripe about Moon Knight and that's it and like beyond that it's it's so good I'm recommending this to anybody and everybody uh, with the caveat of like be very, very prepared for episode five because I was not. I mean, this wasn't a kid show before, but like, holy crap, man. Episode five just smacks you in the face and knocks you down. It's it's wild. Be Thank prepared God for the yeah. parental pin on Disney Plus. Yeah, yeah for, for real. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. <clears throat> Max My even gosh. texted me. So Max Max shot me a text right before I watched it. And he said, hey, man, I hope you're ready for episode five. And I thought he meant like, I hope you're excited. You know what I mean? And he's like, oh my gosh. He's like, yeah, I, I," he's like, I warned you. And I'm like, no, you, you said be ready. Not like, bro, you're going to cry in front of everybody for, yeah. Oh my gosh. So there you have it, folks. Our totally non-biased review from Jarrett about uh, about Moon Knight episode five. So objective. Not biased (laughs) at all. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Uh, very objective review. Thank you so much for that, Jarrett. Uh, we're looking forward to more on you. Well, guys, it has been an episode. It's been a fun time. Uh, thank it has, you all so much. It has, in fact, much. been an episode. It has. It has. There's a lot to say about it, but we, we did can it, for sure say that it has been an episode. So that that is the one fact that we can say about this. Agreed. Robbie, thank you so much for your takes. And thank you. You know, you know Robbie, what I appreciate about you is your honesty about not knowing things about characters. Like you're just like, I, I, I don't know anything about this. Jarrett, tell me about this. I like that because I, sometimes I need to be more honest and be like, I actually don't know as much about this character as I think. Yeah, I apparently that's fine as long as it's not <laughs> 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 Just you wait. Uh, just you wait. <laughs> oh man, the She-Hulk reviews are gonna get Can't wild. On wait, the podcast. What, if, what if Robbie just loves it? Like inexplicably, <laughs> it's his Robbie has to be on ever. every yeah. single episode of reviewing it. So it's be, <laughs> just the entire time, time. So I just don't get it. He's like, why guys, is this a thing? Please, I want to go home. I haven't seen my <laughs> wife. I don't want to watch this. So wait, you're telling me she's her and She-Hulk aren't in a relationship? Her and Hulk aren't in a relationship? I don't That's get it. She's a big green lady. I don't get it. <laughs> this is perfect just, for Hulk. I don't understand. Don't this, If anything, this is totally unfair to Hulk. There's finally another large green lady out there, and they're related. Yeah. This is not set in Alabama. Like, we're... <laughs> he, he's, so he is Shrek, and, like, there's Fiona right there, but in this universe... They're related. Yeah. Hey, this this isn't old Sorry, man no, Logan. Sorry, we're I, yeah. yeah, I did not. Oh, wow, yeah. Cutting deep with that one. I did not. I mean, uh, if Captain oh America gosh. can kiss his niece, hey, I think that's Hulk a, can, you know, can Zane, date his cousin. Zane, props to you. That's a that, deep cut. Very deep, deep cut. cut. I love that. I love that, Zane. 
Love that. <laughs> and Zane, thank you so much for bringing your obscure random facts of comic book knowledge to, hey, you know, to the podcast. Someone has to. We, we appreciate that. <laughs> Somebody's got to do it. Right. Might as well be me. <laughs> exactly. And Jarrett, thank you once again for your Moon Knight expertise and uh, just your being a My good looks. All around. Charm great yeah. guy that we your podcast we good looks your podcast good looks your your audio good looks your perfect perfect for a radio face it's that just that Maisley guy yeah he's, he's the one we want <laughs> absolutely thank you Infinity Rose Universe for making us a part of your podcast experience you can check us out on Facebook Instagram Twitter TikTok YouTube, and you can find us streaming on Twitch almost every day of the week. Zane's going to be streaming pretty soon here. It's going to be wild. Um, just stay tuned for announcements on on a schedule for him because we're going to set one up so he can, you know, <clears throat> make sure to grace the Infinity Bros universe with his his lovely face on uh, hopefully grace with week. his touch of grace, grace it, his grace it with his, bo- his bodacious bod and his <laughs> killer personality. It's going to be. Frisky Fridays with Zane. It's going to be great. (laughs) Awesome. Well, you guys, thank you so much for being on with me. Infinity Bros Universe, we love you 3000. Have an amazing day, week, or month. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Infinity Bros Podcast. You can find the Infinity Bros on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the Infinity Bros. Feel free to send listener feedback via email at infinitybrospodcast at gmail.com. <laughs>